If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 19. Now, in Luke chapter 9, and you don't need to go there, it said that when it came to pass, when the time had come for Jesus to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And the term to be received up actually is dealing with the, all the sequence of events that take place in Jerusalem. And so, a couple months prior to Luke chapter 19, it was when Luke 9 was written, or is talking about, it was probably mid to late fall, uh, prior to the spring of when Jesus would make his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And so he was in northern Israel, and he had set his face, he was going to go to Jerusalem. And so we started last week on that journey with Jesus. I thought it might be interesting to see a few of the stops he made along the way. And last week, uh, we were in the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees. And we learned about the parable of the significance of the parable of the great banquet. And this week, the setting is Palestine. And in Luke chapter 19, I'm going to read you a very, very familiar story. Matter of fact, if you were raised in Sunday school, you probably remember this story. And I'm going to start in verse 1. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So we ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus, for Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And so Zacchaeus made haste and came down and received Jesus joyfully. But when they who were standing around saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Now we probably all remember that story about Zacchaeus when you were in Sunday school. I remember the kids saying Zacchaeus was a wee little man, you know. And um, But in Luke 19, it's probably about this time of the year, less several thousand years ago. And there's probably 12 to 13 hours of daylight. Uh, the temperature is in the high 70s. It's hot. Uh, humidity is very low. It's very dry. And Jesus has set himself to go to Jerusalem. And this is going to be the third time he enters Jerusalem. And his destination, of course, is the cross and his death and his resurrection. Now, he enters the town called Jericho. Now, 
the, the town of Jericho actually, there are three different Jerichos. There is, and they're all located in the proximity of where the original one was. You have the um, Jericho in the time of Joshua. You have the Jericho, which was the Jericho of King Herod. And then you have the modern day Jericho, which actually goes all the way back to the Crusades. Now Jericho was a very wealthy and important town. It really was. It lays in the Jordan Valley. It commands uh, both approaches to Jerusalem and it commands the crossing of the river. It gave access to all the lands east of the Jordan River. And in Jericho they had these great uh, palm forests and world famous balsam uh, groves. As a matter of fact some people have called it the city of palms. And Jericho's gardens of roses uh, were known and still are known far and wide throughout the, throughout the world. As a matter of fact, a Jewish historian, uh, Josephus, called Jericho a divine region. Said it uh, was the fattest in Palestine. And the Romans carried Jericho's dates and balsams uh, to the world. And of course, they gained worldwide fame. Now, understand something. That area was under Roman rule. And to finance their worldwide empire, the Romans levied heavy taxes on all the nations under their control. And Jericho was one of the greatest taxation centers in Palestine. And under the Roman tax system, um, a tax officer gained his income by extorting more money from the people than what he had contracted to pay the Romans. In other words, if, let's say, your business owed $100 in taxes, I might charge you 120 But that's that extra 20 went into my pocket, see? And so that's how uh, the tax collectors make their money. And then here in, in Luke 19 and verse 2, we are introduced to one of these tax collectors. As a matter of fact, we're introduced to a chief tax collector by the name of Zacchaeus. And the Bible tells us that he was rich. But Zacchaeus was born a Jew. And he had chosen an occupation that had made him a social and a religious outcast. Now, Zacchaeus may have been rich. But he was also very, very lonely. Very lonely. And the Bible tells us that when he heard Jesus was coming... He wanted to see who this Jesus was. I mean, he probably had heard of this Jesus who had healed the sick and cured the lepers and raised the dead. He'd probably heard of this Jesus who had rebuked and bettered the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And how this Jesus would actually speak to tax collectors and sinners and despised and hated by men, men of his own sect. Zacchaeus was searching for something. He was lonely. What he didn't know was he was searching for the love of God. And the Bible tells us in this story in verse 4 that Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus and so he ran ahead. 
He was going to find a place where he could look. Now, it took courage for Zacchaeus to mingle with the crowd. Not only because of his size, the Bible says that he was of short stature, but many a man would have liked to have a chance to nudge or, or to kick or maybe to elbow or push this little chief tax collector if they thought they could do it and get away with it. So it took courage. The Bible says he ran and he found a sycamore tree and he climbed up into it. Now a sycamore tree was a, a very common sturdy tree. Um, it had low limbs, it was easy to climb, but yet it commanded a very good, good view. The Bible tells us that Jesus walked by and looked up and saw Zacchaeus and he said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. I'm going today. I must stay at your house. Now, I thought that was a very, very interesting statement because this is the only place in the Bible where I see that Jesus invited himself to somebody's home. It's the only place. Now, the Bible says in verse 6 that Zacchaeus made haste and came down and received Jesus joyfully. And the people all around there complained. Look at him. He's gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Well, first of all, their complaint was correct. He was. He was going to visit a man who was a sinner. But secondly, these people were motivated by jealousy. I mean, Jesus hadn't called them out by name. He didn't say he was going to come to their house and eat. And you know what? These people had overlooked a couple of things. Number one, Jesus never forced himself on anybody. He never did. Jesus would only go where he was either invited or where he was welcomed. People with open hearts and open minds. And you know it's that way today. We can come to church. We can read our Bible. We can look at preaching on the TV or and listen to podcasts. But you know what? If we don't do it with an open mind, if with an open heart, God, what do you got for me? You know what? We'll miss out. Now, even, so, even though Zacchaeus hadn't sent Jesus a formal invitation. Jesus knew the heart of Zacchaeus, just like he knows our heart. And he knew that he was welcome. And the second thing these people had overlooked was, this was the very reason why Jesus came to earth. Do you remember when Jesus had gone into the wilderness and fasted for 40 days and then the devil had tempted him? And then when he came out of the wilderness, he went to the synagogue and, um, and um, I'm sorry, something just struck me. Um, why do they call it a synagogue? Uh, that just, uh, I don't know why. But anyway, he had gone to the synagogue. Too much time. Um, he had gone to the synagogue and they handed him a scroll. And he opened the scroll and it came to the place from Isaiah and he read this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then the Bible tells us that Jesus sat down after he had read that and said, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And although Zacchaeus wasn't poor or he wasn't blind, he was brokenhearted because of his occupation. It had made him an outcast from his very own people. He was brokenhearted. And he was a captive to his lifestyle. He was a part of those who were oppressed because right now he was driven by the unhappiness that his lifestyle had brought upon him. And so these people had overlooked the fact that this was the reason why Jesus was called anyway. He was just doing what the Father had told him to. And, but now, all of a sudden, we see in verse 8, a change comes over Zacchaeus. Prior to this time, Zacchaeus is a tax collector and he extorts more money from people than what the government says he's supposed to. And verse 8 says this in Luke chapter 19. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And since I have wrongfully extracted from anyone anything, I restore fourfold. Now I think that statement is interesting because Jesus had never said a word to Zacchaeus about his occupation. Never did. We don't read it in the Bible. He never said anything and yet Zacchaeus made a total complete turnaround of his life. Now Zacchaeus was motivated just by the love of God instead of being controlled by his selfish desires and the love of money. You know what? It shows how just the very presence of the Lord, just the very presence of the Lord can change a situation, can change a heart. That's all it takes. And any time we have a genuine encounter with the Lord, we will come away a changed individual. If, if we allow the Lord to minister to us through a song, through a prayer, through a message, through a scripture, if we allow the Lord to minister to us, we'll be changed for the good. And so will situations in our life. But if we resist the love and the grace of God, if we resist it, then we're changed for the worst. We become hard-hearted and like the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees. And Zacchaeus has changed for the better. And it was evident in his actions. And yet, Jesus never said anything to him. He said, a matter of fact, if you look at what he said, he said, I'll restore it fourfold. He was going way beyond the law. As a matter of fact, if you'll go and look in Leviticus chapter 6 and Numbers chapter 5, the law said that if you, if, you, if you volunteered to give, if you volunteered that you had taken, extracted from somebody, 
something illegally or wrongfully, and you voluntarily agreed to give it back, you were to give the value of the goods plus 20%. So in other words, if I took something from you, Kathleen, and it was worth $200, under the law, I had to give you $240 back. But here was Zacchaeus saying, Lord, I'm giving fourfold back. Four times I'll give back what I've taken. He was determined just from the change in his heart to do far more than the law demanded. And then Jesus makes this statement. Today salvation has come to the house, to this house, because he's a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and save that which is lost. You know, that must have shocked the hearers that were standing around because they were probably most of them were Jews and they would not like to acknowledge that that little chief tax collector was a Jew he's not related to me they wouldn't want to do that and you know what they would not have wanted to admit that a son of Abraham could be lost they had this self-righteous pride oh I'm a son of Abraham I'm righteous I can't be lost. And yet, Zacchaeus showed by his deed that he was a changed man. And his salvation didn't come because of his deeds. It's just the opposite. Those deeds came because of the result of his changed heart. His Salvation came because of his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Zacchaeus was a changed man. What a story. I like that. But you know what? There's some takeaways here that, that I think we can, we can have this morning. I think it's interesting that Jesus knew, the Lord knew exactly where Zacchaeus was going to be. He knew exactly where he was. He not only knew exactly where he was and what street he was going to be on in Jericho, but he knew where he was spiritually and where he was mentally. And you know what? Where he was physically, financially. And you know what? The Lord knows. The Lord's done that throughout for eternity. When the Lord needed a queen who would save the children of Israel. The Lord knew exactly what village to go to, to find a little peasant girl by the name of Esther, who would probably be the greatest queen that Israel ever had. And when the Lord needed a musician to play for a king who was being tormented by an evil spirit, they knew exactly where to go find the shepherd boy who could play a harp and drive that spirit away. And when they needed, when the Lord needed someone to take care of a giant to save Israel, the Lord knew exactly where to find somebody that was real, real good with a slingshot. And you know what? The Lord knew where the widow, where the widow at Seraphim was, who was about to make a cake for her and her son and then they were going to go into their house and they were going to starve to death 
because that's all they had. But the Lord knew. And the Lord sent along the prophet Elisha. And you know what? The Lord knew exactly what well the Samaritan woman would be at, who the town thought was come from the wrong side of the tracks. And the Lord knew exactly what well she would be at so he could come and minister his grace to her. And the Lord knew where three fishermen would be mending their nets. And the Lord knew where the chief tax collector would be in Jericho. And you know what? God knows exactly where you're at this morning. He knows not only where you're at physically, but he knows where you're at emotionally and mentally, financially. And you know what? You're not forgotten. You're not forgotten in this life, and you're not forgotten by God this morning. Matter of fact, I loved what the psalmist said. He said, is there any place where I can go that your spirit isn't there to be out of your sight? If I climb the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You're already there waiting for me. And then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. Zacchaeus not only knew where God knew, Jesus knew not only where Zacchaeus was going to be, but he knew him by name. And he knew him. He knew his heart. You know what? This morning, the Lord knows you. He knows you by name. He knows everything about you. As a matter of fact, I love what Jesus said. This is always registered with me. He said, what's the price of two sparrows? He said, one copper coin. And he said, and yet not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your heavenly Father knowing about it. And the very hairs on your head are numbered. For some of us, that's less counting than others. But the very hairs on your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Think of that. The very creator of heaven and earth knows your name. Knows who you are and loves you. What is it the song says? The one who knows me best loves me most. I can't fathom that. And Jesus didn't take that route that he took into Jericho by accident. He went that way knowing that there was an individual along the way, along that route with an open heart that would receive the love and the grace of God. No condemnation, the love and the grace of God. You know, the other people were there just as stargazers. That's what I call them. They wanted to be able to tell someone, oh yeah, I saw him come down. Oh yeah. They were just there as stargazers. They didn't have an open heart. 
That's not what they were there for. They wanted to be able to tell everybody, yeah, I was in the parade. They wanted to see a famous person, but not Zacchaeus. Jesus didn't take that route by chance. And you know what? I don't believe you're here this morning by chance. I don't believe God had me present this message this morning by chance. I believe that just as the Lord had something for Zacchaeus, he has something for you today. It might be a situation in your life that needs changing for the better. It might be something that enhances your future because you simply think, I don't have one. But the Lord has something for you this morning, if you're willing. And it doesn't matter. Well, how do I receive then, Pastor, from what the Lord has? Well, if you're not a believer, become one. He's made it so interesting. I mean, so easy. He just simply said, if you'll believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, you'll be saved. And if you'll ask me to forgive you for your sins, I'll forgive you. And if you're still unsure, you can see one of our board members. You can see me. You can see their wives. But if you're not a believer, become one. That in itself will change. But this morning as we close in prayer, ask God. God, I don't believe I came here this morning by accident. What do you have for me? Will you show me? Will you tell me what you have? It may be, doesn't have to be a fancy prayer, just a heartfelt, God, I need your help. Will you help me? You know what? You have his promise. If you'll call on him, he'll answer you. The lights may not the lightning may not flash and the thunder may not roll but you know what inside you'll be a changed individual Let's pray Lord I thank you that you care You care about everyone here this morning And I may not know what's in the heart but you do and you care and just as Zacchaeus had a need and and he may not even have realized it Lord at this morning if we will just simply say Lord help me Lord I ask this morning that you'll change my heart where it needs changing Change that situation, Lord. Change that relationship. Change that report of the doctors. Whatever it may be, Lord. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. I'd like us to close and...